John 14, beginning at verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after have I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, you will obey what I command." That's God's word to us this morning. May he, he, he bless it to us. So Memorial Day weekend is the, um, it's the unofficial start of summer. Maybe it's the official start of summer. I don't know. Memorial Day weekend is the unofficial start of summer. Memorial Day through Labor Day weekend. Summer can mean family road trips. Uh, for us, it usually means heading to Michigan at least a couple of times. That's where the vast majority of our family lives, uh, in the Grand Rapids area, a little north of there, a little south. But three hours away doesn't qualify as a, as a road trip, a road trip. Um, summer of 2008, we did a couple of real road trips. One was about six hours away. And then the real road trip was to Snow Mountain Ranch in Colorado. I got picked to take a special continuing education seminar for pastors through Calvin Seminary, and it was for pastors and their families. I was in class in the mornings with other pastors, and then in the afternoon I got to hang out with Sarah and my three girls. Adriana wasn't born yet. It was a really great time. On a road trip... You look forward to the destination, and you try to have fun along the way, right? For it to be a successful road trip, you need to do some planning. You've got to have a destination that you're excited about reaching. You have to pack appropriately. You have to know how to get to the place you're going, whether you use your, the GPS on your phone or you go old school with uh, an atlas you know, you need to have activities of some kind to do along the way, especially if you have little children. Well, there's a road trip that we can talk about, spiritually speaking, that we're all on. The Old Testament records the journey of his God and his people 
a great road trip all the way to the manger at Bethlehem where a baby was born who changed the course of human history. That's where the journey was heading through the whole Testament. And then the New Testament charts the course of that baby growing up to die and rise again to make atonement for our sins. And now Jesus and his people are on the road to the new Jerusalem. And our arrival there will mark the culmination of the grand history of salvation as the indescribable glory of our sovereign God fills the new heavens and the new earth. Jesus makes reference to this in our verses, talking about his disciples heading to the Father's house, going to our heavenly mansion. And our passage describes that journey And it shows how we can enjoy the ride along the way. First of all, we see in our text that Christ's disciples are on the way to the mansion. Christ's disciples, he's talking to them then, to you and me as followers today. We're on the way to heaven. Jesus had said to his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. He had told them just before this that he was going somewhere that they couldn't follow. And he was referring to his death. They were troubled about that. And so he shares them something glorious to comfort them. He tells them about his father's house. He tells them about that mansion in glory that he'd be going ahead to prepare a place for them there. And that he'd come back and take them all home. And he's taking all of us there who believe in him because he is the way. The thing about all of us, all of us disciples being on the way is that it wasn't always like that. We weren't born on the way. We're not born heading for a mansion. We're born heading for a different destination, something far different from a mansion, a run-down dump. And it's because the Bible says we're lost in sin. We don't know the way. People are natural wanderers, trying this or that in life, going this way or that way, lacking purpose, and that's ultimately caused by sin. Sin gets us off track and sin leads to the worst and most ultimate destination imaginable says the word of god hell eternal punishment and separation from the lord satan likes to see as many people as possible who remain lost who are not on that path to glory who are on the same road he's on heading to everlasting fire. But Jesus came as the way. It's not that he showed us the way and all we had to do was follow because we're so far off track that we weren't even looking for Jesus. This road that we're on naturally is so headed in the wrong direction, it's not possible, humanly speaking, to get on the right road again. And that's why the Bible says Jesus is the way. 
It's not that he shows us the way. He is the way. He has made the way. Through sovereign grace, gift of God through faith, he puts us on the right way so that instead of heading to that toxic waste dump, we are going to glory. That destination is pretty incredible to imagine, our future heavenly home. Do you ever stop sometimes as a child of God to, uh, to think about it? I think it's helpful to do that regularly as believers. You know, let's say you're on, on the road to Colorado and, and you're getting tired. It's a long journey. Nebraska is not a very scenic state. You've had a flat tire or two. And you're like, oh man, I don't know if I can make it. But then you picture those snowy peaks. Pastor Matthew can tell us about that. He's from Denver. The pristine mountain streams you're going to be hiking in. It's going to be glorious. And so that gives you courage and incentive. You bear down, you keep going mile after mile until you're there. Meditating on heaven can help us in the day-to-day too. I know in life some of you have had a flat tire or two. Maybe been in a fender bender, run out of gas, felt like you can't go on. Well, think ahead to your hope, the mountain peaks of glory, the heavenly Jerusalem, the holy city, and the home awaiting you there. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in Jesus. He's taken you safely home to that mansion. You know, I feel like I've always pictured how each of us is going to have our own house or mansion there. You, you, you thought about that? You know, and I think that's maybe, you know, the great hymn, My Jesus, I Love Thee, says in mansions, plural, of glory and endless delight. So maybe that's, that's how we get that picture. But that's not quite the picture Jesus gives us here, is it? He talks about one house with many rooms. So one really, really large mansion that we're all going to be living in and hanging out in and eating and fellowshipping. We rented a a big house for uh, my parents' 40th anniversary a couple summers ago for, uh, for a week. And it sure was a lot of fun to stay with brothers and sisters and the girls with their cousins all together. Well, Jesus says here that we're on the way to that one really big house in heaven. We can only imagine how that's going to go, but it's going to be wonderful. That is for sure. Second this morning, Christ's disciples who are on the way can be assured that they're on the right way. The question you might have is, how do you know you're going the right way, that you're really headed to glory, that your end destination is the right one. Because sometimes our, our GPS can be wrong. And I had that once in northern Michigan on a family vacation. We were trying to get to a store up there. I think it was Meyer, 
course it was Meyer in West Michigan. I plugged, plugged in the address. I plugged in just Meyer or whatever. I listened. I followed. And after a while, I was kind of thinking, this doesn't seem quite right. Well, Sarah said that, to tell you the truth. And I said, hey, I plugged in the address. We're okay. Well, we kept going, and we got more and more in the boonies. Finally, we were led to a dirt road, and we were told to stop right next to a big empty field far outside of town. Your destination is on the right. Sarah had told me this gently 10 minutes to turn around, but I was going to see that through. Well, I was wrong. So in this most ultimate of destinations, how do we know we're going to the right place? Because all the philosophies in history have, of course, claimed that they have discovered the right way, whether it's nirvana or human enlightenment or whatever. And and sometimes we start reading about these other religions and other ideas or even reading about people who don't believe in God and it makes us wonder which way now is the right way? The answer, I believe, is in what Jesus says. I am the way and the truth. Jesus says he's the truth. He is the right way. It's because we believe in Jesus. The Bible tells us that truth is not to be found in any system of thinking or in a philosophy, but it's in a person. Colossians 2.3 says that in Jesus are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Everything comes together in Jesus. He says in our verses, no one comes to the Father except through me. And a little later, if you know me, you know my Father as well. So the right way, the only way to the Father is Jesus. God's word tells us this, and we believe it, we trust it. See, we don't have to depend on an imperfect electronic GPS or even our own human GPS of our mind. We are given a divine GPS right in our hearts, the Holy Spirit. And he convicts us that this is true. What we believe, God's word, is the right way. We're on the right way because we belong to Jesus. And we know him, the truth. Finally, we see that Christ's disciples do Jesus' work on the way. This is where Jesus is saying, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing and will do even greater things. If you love me, you will keep what I command. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we see and learn as our verses go on what life is like on the way. It's not just about the end destination for believers that Jesus first comforts his disciples with in the beginning of our verses. It's not just about heaven. It's not that God's people are called to close their eyes and meditate on that heavenly mansion 24-7. No, Jesus tells us how to live along the way on the journey, and the calling is to do what he's been doing. Well, what did he do? He loved God. He loved others, 
especially those in need. And, and so people on this great road trip are very busy living along the way. We care for others. We do the work Jesus did. And then that verse makes sense. You may ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it because Jesus' followers, of course, will only ask things that are in accordance with the Father's will. There's an aspect to our work that this passage reveals that maybe you haven't thought of before. So Jesus says, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. In our passage, what is it especially that Jesus has talked about doing? Well, it goes back to verse 2, and it's preparing a place for his disciples. Isn't that interesting? What could that mean? Well, if he says, this is what I'm doing, I'm preparing a place, and then he says, do the work that I do, Along the way, I wonder if he somehow calls us to contribute to that preparing of a place. When we follow Jesus' commands, when we do what he did, we're contributing to the mansion in this sense. We plant seeds of God's love and his message in our words and deeds. And whenever someone comes to saving faith, Jesus has to add another room to that big house, doesn't he? So when we help the orphan, the prisoner, the sick, the homeless, the lost, we are doing what Jesus did. And so as we are faithfully living on the way We're helping in the preparations being made to receive all God's people in glory. And so living life on the way has great purpose and meaning, and it's exciting, and it brings great joy. Friends, disciples of Jesus, we're on the way to our heavenly mansion. We can be assured we're on the right way because of Jesus the truth and his spirit he puts in us, and we've got work to do along the way, obeying Jesus' command to love so that Jesus has more and more rooms to prepare as we do what he's been doing with his help. What a glorious road trip, the ultimate one. My prayer is that you would enjoy the journey in Jesus, the way, the truth, the life. Amen.